Hey guys. <clears throat> so, let's continue reading Precious Vessels of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> this is the goal of the monk. This must also, however, be the goal of every Christian. For the monk aspires to nothing more than that to which every Christian must aspire, who desires to attain perfection. Saint Maximus, the confessor, explains that when man is perfected in love and impassibility, quote, he does not see a difference between one of his own and a foreigner or between a believer and a non-believer or between a slave and a free man or even between male and female but having become greater than the tyranny of the passions and aiming at the realization of one nature he views every He views everyone without distinction and behaves the same towards everyone. In particular, the surpassing of the difference of the sexes in monasticism is suggested by the raiment that is given to both monks and nuns during the tonsure, as well as by the identical form of life that they undertake to follow. Differences are not leveled here, but are surpassed in the perspective of the perfecting of persons. The passage from egocentrism and egotism to Catholicity and universality follows a path That is the reverse of that of the fall. That is to say, while the fall and division of man began and continued through disobedience, the withdrawal of love and the denial of personal responsibility for the evil that appears in the world, the rectification of the fall and the path toward universality and Catholicity began and continue through obedience, the living of love, and the personal acceptance of responsibility for evil and its confrontation. Man does not confront the evil that appears in the world as something foreign and unrelated to himself. But he sees, he sees it as personal evil. He sees it in this way, because all humanity is, for him, a universal being, which is contained in this hypostatic being, without the reduction of the existence of all other hypostases. <coughs>
and hypostatic we we learned was relating to the persons of the trinity the father the son the holy spirit hypostasis what, what they're talking about is a theological term that relates to the persons of the trinity relating to them as personal as god relating to god as a person or personal <clears throat> The opening towards universality begins with a fundamental change. It begins with the purification and return of man to himself and to God. As man returns to himself, purified from the passions, he sees God who is sketched within him. Seeing God, he sees his true self. He sees the true human who is a, a horizon of revelation of all of the God-man's being. Behold, the heavens are within you if you are pure and within you. You will see the angels and their light and their master with them and within them. This change does not take place on the psychological or social level, but has an ontological character. <clears throat> it is a change that is realized through man's voluntary crucifixion and his incorporation into the perspective of the new creation. The psychological and social levels are neither useless nor inconsequential. On the contrary, they are useful and even necessary so that man is able to understand the ontological change in his life. For this reason, moreover, there is the institution of monasticism which transforms the social and psychological framework by ontological renewal. Man denies himself so that the new man may be born within him. He mortifies his being so as to regain it with the new becoming. He abandons the divisions of the past so as to live the future unity of all things. The foundation and indication of this change is Christ. He is the new Adam, who from limitless love took upon himself the sin of all the world and died so as to abolish it. Taking on himself the sin of the world, he bore all of humanity, for all have sinned. Romans 3 chapter 3 verse 23 man's true nate man's true approach to life is not realized on the level of holiness but on the level of sinfulness it doesn't happen in paradise but in hell when man puts his mind in hell nothing separates him from anyone as Christ as Christ as Christ did 
so does the Christian truly approach his neighbor when he shoulders the responsibility for his sin. Whoever shoulders this responsibility for his neighbor truly and completely sees the salvific death of Christ as a sacrifice that took place for his own personal sin. In this way, the Apostle Paul sees the sacrifice of Christ as a sacrifice that was made, that was made personally for himself. This understanding of things does not reveal conceit, but perfect humility. For here, the Apostle shares the universal responsibility that led Christ to the cross. In the same vein is the seeking of personal mercy with the phrase, Have mercy on me, in place of, Have mercy on us. When the monk says, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, he does not egotistically separate himself from others, but on the contrary, he bears within himself all others, broadening his love without bounds and shouldering their responsibility. Elder Porphyrios would say, Don't you know that you and I are one? In this feeling of our unity with the other is hidden the mystery of the spiritual life in Christ. For this reason, he would encourage his spiritual children when they would pray for someone to take the person's place and to say again, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. The perfect monk voluntarily shoulders the universal responsibility for the evil that exists in the world. In this way, he also sees the salvation that is offered by Christ as his own personal salvation, placing himself beneath all people and considering himself the first among sinners, he encounters Christ's gift as a personal gift. He becomes universal on the level of universal sin and accepts the universal reconciliation with the new life that Christ offers the sinful person. He becomes a participant in the condition of Christ just as Christ bears within himself all humanity. So the monk is thus widened and embraces all the world. He becomes universal in the image of the universality of Christ himself and realizes the pre-eternal goal of his creation to be according to the likeness of God. When Saint Siloan saw the living Christ, he began to pray for the whole world as for himself. He became a partaker of the condition of Christ and acquired a universal consciousness. The universality that the church professes and encourages is based on uh, is based on the person and is realized with his expansion and showing forth in a place of union of the whole world in a universal hypostasis. It is the universality of freedom on the contrary the globalization that is promoted in our days 
is based on the leveling of unique characteristics and is realized with the quantification and the destruction of persons. It is the globalization of bondage. And there's a photograph of Elder uh, Philoteos of Paros. <laughs> the Holy and God-bearing Fathers wrote about great spiritual gifts, not so that anyone might strive indiscriminately to receive them, but so that those who do not have them, hearing about such exalted gifts and revelations, which were received by those who were worthy, might acknowledge their own profound infirmity and great insufficiency, and might involuntarily be inclined to humility which is more necessary for those seeking salvation than all other works and virtues. Saint Macarios of Optina Okay, next chapter is chapter 4, Elder uh, Amphilokios. Amphilokios, Elder Amphilokios. <laughs> this is a book about Greek, the Greek elders of Mount Athos. Okay, so I'll pick it up again in the next, uh, next chapter, next um, episode. God bless you all, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. And um, have a wonderful day.